0: And our Living the Dream team will show you the way to enjoying the land and all the outdoor pursuits it has to offer. Here's your host, Bill Cooper.
1: We're ready to talk to Wesley Swee and Tom Whalen. These are a couple of guys that have been around the Missouri Department of Conservation, the outdoors, almost their entire lives. Well, Wesley, your experience with... a MDC. Did you spend it all at Merrimack Spring, or were there other locations you worked?
2: Uh, I, I bounced from uh, I, when I graduated uh, college from Truman State University. Went down to Branson and raised fish down there at uh, Shepherd of the Hills Hatchery for I six years. As well, yeah, yeah. and uh, was lucky enough to get a promotion and come up to Merrimack Spring in two thousand eight. And again, uh, I made it to the manager position, and was was that for the last ten years. So. Uh, yeah, put in a lot of time at Merrimack, so making the switch was very easy for me.
1: Oh, I'm sure it was. Like I say, yeah, you, you give a lot of credit there to uh, Mark Benton, great man. I'm I'm sure he held your hand as long as he felt like he needed to. Yeah,
2: yeah, he was a, a good, a great mentor uh, for the last you know couple of years when I came on two years ago for the the James Foundation.
1: So yeah, yeah, you're, you're a lucky guy. Yeah. <laughs> Smooth sailing so far.
2: Yeah, it's been it's been. Uh, A good ride, yeah. uh, yeah.
1: Well, I got to tell you, you know, years ago, uh, you know, I first came to the uh, Ozarks as a superintendent of Merrimack Spring Park, stayed there about six years, and there used to be a core of old guys back then, the coolest old fellas. I think you had to be at least 80 to get in this club, you know. There were like <laughs> six or eight of them come down together all the time. Oh, and they could raise canes sometime, you know. If there wasn't anything right, you heard it from this crew, you know. And I'm sure Tom's laughing over there he, all the years. Are, they he's still, are the
3: same crew kind of still around? Just oh, they replace each year. other.
1: Yeah,
2: well, <laughs> they're still around. They're, they're definitely a wealth of knowledge. They know that part park inside oh, and out, and, you know, every little maintenance issue that comes up. Oh, yeah, yeah, we fixed that uh, five
1: <laughs> years ago. So, <laughs> But they hadn't noticed it yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you guys
3: just came off some big, big, you know, opening of trout season and everything. What does it take to to get prepared, you know, for, for opening day at, at, at either Montauk or Merrimack? Tom, I mean, that's got to be a, a big job. Well, one thing people don't realize is these
4: the fish we stock, the stocking size fish that are 12 and a half inches, they're anywhere from fourteen to eighteen months old by the time we stock them. So you know we're we're preparing, you know, months in advance. And there's you know these these hatcheries operate twenty four seven three sixty five. You know it's intensive culture. There's a lot of work, a lot of biology that goes into raising these fish and stocking them.
3: Yeah, I I, I bet. I, I had no idea they were that old. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but that's still that's close to an inch of growth per month, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. can
4: you can get if you really push them, what we call pushing them, feed them at maximum rate. You can get an inch a month, but yeah. it's hard. You're you're trying to raise your fish in a manner to where you need so many fish for each month of the season of the year. Uh-huh. So you're trying to raise them and, and and grow them at a rate to where they're ready just prior to when you need them. Because if you had everything, say twelve and a half inches, March first, and then you try to hold those fish all the way through the season, you can manage your facility a lot better. Manage your carrying capacities a lot better if you stage the growth where they're just ready prior to when you need to stop. Yeah, but oh, I'm, I'm
1: greedy. I like for you to raise them all together so you get to end of the season they're, they're 18 inches, you know. And I've seen that happen a couple of times. In yeah, it, like it has 40 happened years.
4: before. But but uh, it's it's hard to hold those fish for a long time. Oh, so do the you, longer the longer they're in the raceway, the you know that the, the more expensive the more they expensive get. More expensive they get.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm sure they eat yeah. more. The yeah. bigger. They get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. true. Yeah. So Tom, are you? Do you train the fish too because the ones i've went down there and tried to catch they were trained not to bite what i was throwing now we've been accused of feeding them before we stock them and
4: everything else <laughs> but, but no no i mean we stock these fish every day every night from march 1st to october 31st but it's still fishing you still have sure. to be able to percent now, I,
1: I should have worn my favorite teach t-shirts got an old man with a fishing rod says the rod father see i got yeah, those trout trained man you need to fish with their trade and i yeah. can
4: testify that raising them doesn't mean you can catch them because mm. i'm a lot better at raising trout than i ever was catching really? i've yeah. I, I
3: told bill my son hunter and jeff murphy you're still on here but my hunter we both have boys named hunter they played baseball together <laughs> jeff was their coach uh, my hunter can't catch a trout at merrimack springs or montauk to save his life what about your hunter
1: well, he's been trying. I mean, it's not a lot to I can
3: say that. Maybe they need some coaching in that area. I don't. Maybe they should call Cooper.
1: Yeah, know. yeah, call Cooper. That'll <laughs> fix everything. <laughs> I'll get you there wet. You I'll get you wet for sure. Yeah, <laughs> you know, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, it's always great time. You know, I've been going to those opening days of trout season for gosh, almost forty years. I've missed a few of them, but it's man, it's like a big party atmosphere isn't it, guys.
2: Yeah, I always. Would tell reporters that it's it's like the Super Bowl. I mean, everybody looks forward to it. Everybody, it's a, it's a big gathering of people. I mean, some people don't even go fishing. They just want to see everybody out there having a good time, you know, gathering around maybe a a, a warm fire or you know, getting coffee and uh, cinnamon rolls in the in the shelter, just
1: having fun. Oh, you bet, and it's a great way. Just you know, you got to catch up with everybody. And I'm in that age class now where I I do that. I'll be down there open open day and and. Uh, like I have for many, many well, decades now, but it's always sure. such great fun. You oh, see people that you haven't seen in yeah, a year. It,
2: it's like a reunion, and and everybody mm-hmm. takes the you know the winter off, and everybody's ready to go fishing again. And and March first rolls around, and they're like oh, I haven't seen them for three months. How you doing? You know, they all come back. So.
1: Oh, they do, and, and of course, it's a gold mine of outdoor information for me because I always people avoid me sometimes i think they see cooper coming you know i've got a camera in my hand a notepad <laughs> uh, he's going to interrupt my fishing you know yeah, okay. <laughs> famous oh, for that this guy. Get, what's another photo oh yeah. yeah i never get enough photos but uh, it's great and the kids gosh i just love the kids get a kid with a big fish you know man he's hooked for life but it's so much fun to get uh, photographs and of course with social media today i can take tons and tons of photographs and i'm getting better at writing down uh, kids names and stuff, and I get them on Facebook and let them know it's going to be there. Well, that's something they'll remember the rest of their lives, Mm -hmm. you know? Oh, yeah. I know you guys have got to feel good about uh, kids being able to catch their first fish and their first outdoor experiences. Well, I take the same pride in the photographs, you know, just, hey, pat them on the back a little bit, because we certainly know we need them uh, with the situation with hunting is really in in bad shape. Uh, Fishing is faltering some, but... You know, here in the state of Missouri, we have to be so proud of ourselves and our conservation department, that one-eighth of 1% sales tax, because, boy, our hunter and fisher numbers are still growing slightly. When everybody else is having serious problems, yeah, that's
3: impressive. And you know, that, what a great place to take a kid fishing. I mean, you know, oh, for the oh, first time, oh, it time. is. I mean, and an awesome
1: uh, I know it's. Some people think, oh, I wouldn't take my kid there, so it's so crowded. But you know what? If you watch all the fishermen, they take care of the kids. They mm-hmm. they really do. And I know you guys that have uh, probably have. I don't know why you guys don't write books.
4: <laughs> You've got to have You story. guys wrote any books? Yeah. If you saw my writing skills, you'd know why I wrote
1: books. <laughs> well, they have mentors for that too, Tom. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure you can find somebody to book. Ghostwriter Bill Cooper. <laughs> oh, I've been offered those jobs. In fact, I'm, I've had a gang of guys from the Ruby Doo Fly Fishers Club out of Waynesville. They've been trying to get me to write a book on Mark Van Patten, which you guys know well. And mm-hmm. somebody does need, a, need to do a book on that guy. He's quite a character with quite a history and quite a history. You know, with the Stream Teams program, worked uh, 20 years or so with MDC, the fisheries sure. Just an incredible human being. And Mark, I hope you hear this because I, I need a dinner here now. There you go,
3: <laughs> Tom. How many fish do y'all raise? At you know, I mean, how many are raised each year at, at the fisheries? Well, at Montauk, we we average stocking about four hundred fifty thousand
4: stocking size fish a year, which comes out to be about three hundred to three hundred fifty thousand pounds. Okay. At Merrimack in the park, they receive roughly about a hundred. They stock about one hundred twenty thousand fish a year, so it's roughly ninety thousand to hundred thousand pounds of fish. But given any particular time right now at Montauk on site, we have about 1.1 million fish on site. Okay. And those are not only 2020 fish, but also 2021 fish. So, wow. That's yeah,
1: impressive. A lot of fish. But Wesley, I, I know uh, that at the park you guys have been busy all winter. You've got some new things that are coming up for the year. Can you tell us about those?
2: Sure. We uh, started a uh, electric campground expansion project this winter. Um Unfortunately, it's not going to be ready for opening day, but I'd say within the next few months, once it starts drying out, we'll get that electrical contractor back out there. And uh, in the end, we'll have uh, 10 new 50-amp electric sites. So when you want to come down for the, the summer and bring your RV and hook up, you're good to go.
1: So, Sound like you can bring your whole band and amplifiers with you uh, Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> those, those RVs, they, they want that power. They want those dual air conditioners running the, during the summertime. So, you know, we'll be able to accommodate them. Shortly, well,
3: how, how many sites do you have overall for uh, RVs or campers? I
2: overall I we have fifty-eight sites. Uh, thirty of those would be what I consider for RVs or their pull-through. Okay, um, ten of those were thirty amp sites, and now we'll, we'll have an additional ten more fifty amp sites. So, yeah,
1: and that's a great campground there down there too. I love that. I of course I used to stroll up and down through there to fish the Merrimack, but the campground is right on the Merrimack. But you're still in, boy, just a a uh, lot of big bur oak trees, the trees, how tall are the trees down there, Wesley? <laughs> oh, I'd say 80, 90,
2: you know, 95, they're mature, you know, bottomland uh, yeah. hardwood trees, so it's a, it's a great place to camp, it's uh, relaxed, it's quiet, uh, we have a gated entry, so, you know, it's pretty much, if you have to be camping you have to be down there, so.
1: Right, that's nice. Right. Oh, yeah, it makes it nice, and it's, it's always uh, clean, and Comfortable, and I have to walk down to there just just to smell the campfires.
3: You know, Jeff, you have a camper. When are you going to go down there and take me with you?
1: Well, I was just about to ask: uh, do, Are they all reserved,
4: or can you just drive up and rent one? First come, first serve.
3: Uh, you can reserve them.
2: You just give us a call, and uh, we'll take your uh, reservation. Just check with uh, the staff there, and they can tell you which ones are booked. Uh, but yeah, there's usually a lot of openings. Uh, those uh, those electric sites went fast. And every weekend they were, they were pretty much booked out by Friday. So that's why we uh, made the effort to add more electric sites, and uh, hopefully we can get you guys down there. But during the week, yeah, pretty much you can drive up, and you'll have some room to come in.
1: Well, sounds cool. well Jeff, don't forget now I'm Daryl's sidekick, you know, and I'm, I'm especially <laughs> sidekicking if there's a fish fry involved.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm open for anything, but I got I got one heck of a boss that's cracking that whip all the time,
0: so he doesn't usually <laughs> let us have the middle of the week off. Well, well I,
1: I, thanks, Jeff. I work on that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Jeff. I mean, there's no way that I'm worse than Tony LaRusa was. Is that, is that even possible? Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh,
1: yeah. Anything's no, possible,
3: you're, man. You're, you're, you're an angel. <laughs> you're That's an angel. what I was thinking. That's yeah, what he
1: was digging for. That's what he was yeah, digging thank for. thank you, for Jeff. Sure. Well, Tom... You're the best boss I've ever had, Daryl. <laughs> oh, now you're getting soupy, man. <laughs> Can we edit that part out? Okay, and we're going to have a
3: fish <laughs> fry with Bill.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Tom Whalen's sitting down at the far end of the table here. Tom, you got some new things coming up this year, too, concerning trout fishing.
4: Yeah, the, the price of the daily tag. Is going up this year. it be the first time it's been raised since 1999. That the price of the daily tag for adults is going from three to four dollars, and for children it's going from two to three. Except for at Merrimack, where they have a pilot program going on. What they're calling the five for five—the actual the daily limits going from four fish to five at Merrimack only—and the price of the daily tag for adults is five dollars, and then the price for the for the children, fifteen and under, is is three.
1: Well, buddy, that's still one of the best bargains going anywhere. Where can you go get get a trout for a buck? You know, and I love it. You can catch five Mm -hmm. fish because I first came there forty years ago. It was five fish. You know, yeah I cried a little bit when it went back to four, but the size of the fish did did increase. But you know what? I've been there. Days. You can catch them all day long, and you know keep that third fish, and I keep releasing them, trying to get that big fish. You know, but I can't tell you how many times I've stayed till late in the afternoon, and I've caught thirty or forty fish throughout the day. And then I wind up with three.
2: <laughs> it's always a gamble throwing that last one back. <laughs> oh, yeah. I might not it catch is. another one.
1: I know, and I've stayed sometimes for two hours trying to catch that last one. You know, that's always the hardest. You know? It is, but my wife says, "Why do you do that?" I said, it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's just pure fun. Well, I can't come back yet. I got to get my last fish, right? <laughs> well, she knows if I'm late coming home, it's it's been a last tough couple of hours. Yeah, there, right. Know. But, hey, you hate to give up. and But, you know, she should never complain. She laughed at me enough. I think we were just dating. We were down there, you know. And she's a good fisherman, good trout fisherman, good smallmouth fisherman. She come from the Allegheny in uh, Pennsylvania. But we were, I think, one of the very first time we fished together down there. She'd caught her four fish. And I had one. Well, she's ready to go home. I don't want to go home. It's, it's not looking good, you know. It did. So we're walking up through the park. We're coming through the ironworks there in the bottom, you know, and I see up ahead. Four or five old guys sitting on a bench. Now, no, this is not going to be a good scene when we walk by them. You know, I said, Babe, those fish getting heavy, could I carry them for you? you know? right. she, she knew what I was thinking. No. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, ah, uh, we're coming up on those guys. They start in, you know, oh, son, not a good day, huh? <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, yeah she could pour it on me, you know. But I got to ask you guys now, we bragged and carried on about how much fishing. Uh, hatchery experience you guys have and i'm sure through these decades of experience that you guys have not only fished for trout but you've listened to tens of thousands of stories about what people catch trout on between the two of you what what's the most popular lure or bait that you've heard of over the decades
4: i hear people just using the single hook rooster tails you know the white black yellow and black you know that i love those, those they're, they're, you can you can fish them you know they they qualify to be fished in the fly water yeah so you can fish them anywhere in, in just about any of the parks unless they have a selected artificial zone which i think bennett has cool. that and roaring river does too Right. but that to me is probably the most common it, you know it just just depends on you know what's your, you know, yeah, what, what tackle you're about.
1: using. I, I, I knew I should have made a yeah. bet with Daryl because I, I think some, I use tons of those things. Yeah. i got them hanging in every tree up down the spring branch. You know,
2: you know one good <laughs> tackle well, yeah, store yeah, up yeah. and down yeah. like, It looks like a Christmas tree in it the does, middle of the winter. It
1: does. But I, I'm glad you mentioned that single hook. I, I mean, I used to use the treble hooks too and still do occasionally when all of my single hooks are hanging in the trees. Mm-hmm. But uh, you do less damage to that fish on that single hook and you do the treble and you know what i, I think the odds of them are getting getting off for minimal and i love those single hook uh, rooster tails yeah
3: i like the single hooks too those work great i do too yeah.
1: because i can get them out quicker and that's a chance, two hooks less i'm likely to get in my hide you know <laughs>
3: or or get hung up in my net or something
1: yeah i hate that <laughs> i finally went to a rubber net to avoid a lot of that Yep. Yeah. Oh. Doggone if I don't get it hung up once in a while. And that's frustrating, you know. Uh, I wind up breaking lines lots of time just so I can tie on another rooster tail right quick. But there's other popular baits, too. I know at Merrimack Spring, there's a, a jig you can buy at DJ's made by a local company. And uh, there's that green fuzzy body with white legs. Oh, Real popular yeah. at Merrimack what's, Spring. in that and west.
2: Yeah. Green body, uh, white leg. That's most popular. They call it a, a rubber leg, rubber leg jig.
1: Yeah, made by the Lunas, I yep, think.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're very popular. Usually, you catch the big ones with those. So, cool. If you're, oh, I'm glad you told me out, that. I
1: never catch a big one. Yeah, ones. right if you're out there. are
2: chasing those big lunkers, you know that's that's what they always have on their on the end of their line. Yeah, and um, that's green and white. Usually, yeah, it's a green body
1: mm-hmm. with white legs. Uh, okay. Yeah, they work really well. You, you know, you got to learn to get that action down, Daryl.
3: Yeah, well, I know I need to learn a lot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey, this is this is a little
3: off topic on that, but I was going to ask Tom, um, and you know, if you don't know the answer, you know, just tell me. But if if I'm a private landowner, and I let's say I have a spring on my property, can you? How do you go about, or can you even legally stock that with trout with MDC's approval, or how, how does that work? If it's the right spring, or can you get help? From MDC on uh, some project like that?
4: Well, the first thing you'd want to do is mix, just because it's spring water doesn't mean it's conducive for, right. for trout. So you would probably, the first thing you'd want to do, probably contact somebody in MDC and have them come out and inspect your your, your property and, and the uh, the water, check for water quality. You know, spring water can be void of oxygen completely, you know, spring and well water sure. can. So, you know, there may be a lot more expense to it than just. Buying the fish and, and putting them in the water. So before you take that first step, I would say contact somebody within the MDC. You know, it could be your your local conservation agent or somebody in our private lands, department. private land department, or, yeah. or fisheries fisheries department to come out and take. Well, a they, look at I, your water. I've had
3: so much help from that group, and mm-hmm. you know, on the private land side, mm-hmm. uh, we did a waterfowl project this year off the Merrimack, and it, it's just you know, where's just to make the, that call. Where's that located? I can't tell you, Bill. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> he wants to hunt it. <laughs> so, uh, is there permits involved then to, to stock your? If if it would be conducive, do you have to get a permit or or how does that work?
4: Well, I mean there there are there is restrictions as far as importation bringing fish in across state okay. lines and stuff. So, so you know there are there are invasive species out there that we are trying to avoid bringing into the state. Uh, and when you think about that, it's not only fish. Just like zebra mussels, absolutely, you know? yeah. You know you, that can be brought in with the water that those fish are brought in. So yeah, there's 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 a there's a process that you need to go through. And I don't know the exact particulars on that, but you know,
3: just pick up the phone and, pick call, up the phone NBC. and call NBC.
4: Yeah. and yeah, and they'll put you in contact with the right person before you before you go very far into that. Yeah, process. We, we
3: every every once in a while we will get those questions. They're out looking at that property and it's got a really cool spring or something. And I'm always that's kind of what I say too. But I just thought I'd ask since mm. I, I have you here.
1: Hey, you had a good question for once there. Once in a, once in a while,
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: that was nice. You tied in the real estate and and the trout. Yeah, hey, that was good. Hey,
3: this, this guy's slinky. so Jeff. Do you, you you're still it. on the line, Jeff? Do you have any properties that have springs that might hold trout?
1: Well, that Ruble Mountain Farm has got a spring. See, um,
3: it, <laughs> now it, yeah, became, it, it came full circle right there. Yeah,
1: yeah. you got to check that out for me because I love to catch trout, and you've heard me tell the story too many times. I first came down with a forestry professor on an opening day on Sunday, like three thousand people there. I made the statement, "I will never be caught dead doing that." Never say never. Yeah, I love there the you trout are. Fish. <laughs> I've been converted. Guys, thanks for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank, so, you. thank You're Great information. Job. Everybody thanks. go out and trout fish. I'm Bill Cooper.
3: The Living the Dream Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, Cowtown USA, Alps Outdoors, Scenic Rivers Taxidermy,
0: and the Fly Rod Journals. Land ownership is the American dream. Land is the basis of all life. Our wise use of this most precious of resources ensures the survival and growth of free institutions and our American way of life. At Living the Dream Outdoor Properties, we value the traditions and freedoms that land provides us. Every day we seek the solace of a mountain sunrise over traffic jams and smog as the Living the Dream Outdoor Dream Team explores the most desired outdoor properties in the Midwest and whisks you away to incredible hunting, fishing, and outdoor recreation opportunities. Host Bill Cooper, an inductee of the National Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame, will be joined by members of the Living the Dream Outdoors team each week as they tell tall tales, unveil tips and tactics, and rub elbows with some of the biggest names in the outdoor world. You'll also find the Living the Dream Outdoors podcast on your favorite social media platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok.